Assalamualaikum, everyone. My name is Muhi Khwaja, and I am with the American Muslim Community Foundation. Today on the Muslim Philanthropy Podcast, I'm so excited to have on Naja Abdul Qawi. She is the Arts and Culture Director from an organization called the Muslim Sisters of Staten Island. Welcome to the show, Naja. Shukran. Assalamualaikum, everybody. Nice to be here. Waalaikumsalam, <laughs> of course. So, uh, you know, we'll get into what MSSI is all about, but mm -hmm. I first want to give our listeners and myself just an opportunity to learn more about you. Um, so tell us everything we need to know about Naja. Hmm. Oh, that's a solid question, right? Slightly <laughs> <laughs> loaded. Um, <laughs> um, so a little bit about me. Um, I'm in my mid-20s. Uh, I graduated with my master's in creative art therapy, so Inshallah, one day I'll be an art uh, licensed art therapist. We'll see how things goes with COVID and licensure. Um, I, as you can tell, I love art, aka art therapy. So I do poetry, drawing. I host like open mics in my community. I'm really big on doing like social activism. So I've held like protests and mm -hmm. art of protest events. Um, attended a lot of different things to support those in the community that are oppressed. Um, I like nature. <laughs> I'm a big nature fan, so you'll find me oftentimes going to parks or trying to do anything that's about like health and fitness, even though I am not the healthiest person all the time. <laughs> but um, I would say those are like the most major things about me. Um, and I love dinosaurs, so like that's a fun fact. <laughs> yes, never lose that. I I literally <laughs> um, just found something. It was like a trice. Ceratops, a uh, mm -hmm. little play thing, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm a, I'm a hold on to that." <laughs> oh yeah, no, I am that person that has had their like childhood dinosaur encyclopedia from like the fourth grade. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm that kid. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know the wonder of dinosaurs kind of unfortunately diminishes in adulthood sometime at some point mm -hmm. in time, and they were just so fascinating to me as a child that it was all about the curiosity. And I think that um, is why I ended up liking science and biology a little bit more mm -hmm. than other topics. But um, yeah, you said you have your master's in art and, and, and you want to become a licensed art therapist? Yep. Yep. So I have my, I have my license. I wish I did. No, I have my own master's in uh, creative art therapy. And then I hope to get licensed in specifically art therapy. So it, and, and this might be a stupid question and I'm allowed to ask stupid questions because I host this podcast. Um, <laughs> so is it that you are helping people through art or what is, what is the basis yeah. of it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's literally, it's helping people through art. So many different populations. So I've like worked with people with inpatient psych. I've worked with people with um, learning disabilities. Um, I wanted to work with people who were incarcerated, but I didn't get that internship, unfortunately. Um, so like, it's really utilizing art as a medium to help people express themselves either Love verbally it. or non-verbally. Um, Cause sometimes we have a lot going on and like, we can't really express it, you know, with words yeah. or even sometimes writing. So just like delving into like a paint or clay mm -hmm. or just scribbling on a page, even if it doesn't get out exactly what you want to say, might get out whatever emotions or thoughts are flooding your head. Yeah, no, I can definitely see the value in that. And um, I, 
you mentioned poetry. I was big into it. Uh, senior year of high school, I took a poetry mm-hmm. class and that kind of led me to explore a lot of different things from social injustice. Uh, and then through college, uh, I hosted Poetry Slam annually nice. through Amnesty International. I was the involved and in, we would get like hundreds of people showing up and by like, I was like that college student that took seven years to graduate. (laughs) (laughs) So by the seventh year, it was like popping. Like it was the event that everybody was looking forward to. We did like an art show with Mm. it along with uh, like a gallery and then a poetry slam. So it was was pretty dope uh, on human rights specifically because it was for Amnesty International. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was one of my favorite things that I did. Uh, And for me, like I loved the expression and I would perform too, you know, maybe I wouldn't get to the third round, but I, I was just happy to do it, you know, um, yeah. and perform and say my piece. And it's definitely something that I miss. And literally just maybe May of 2021, I started writing again. So mm-hmm. it, it'd been a solid, like, um, 12 years since wow. I'd even done anything so i definitely see the benefit and and i i want to put more time and energy into that and bring it back but wow that's so that's sorry i'm just like i'm just thinking about that i was like how long has it been since i wrote kind of thing because like even though like i put like because i orchestrate like open mics or i Mm -hmm. help people host open mics or i've been guest on open mics before and i was that person too at college who took like forever and a half to like Like, it took me an extra five it took me five years to get my undergrad so whenever whenever anybody's like oh my god i'm not gonna graduate until i'm like don't worry about it bro like you're gonna you're gonna graduate in sola right and like i was a part of a creative writing club so we would do like short stories, we would do poetry, we would do song lyrics, we do all these different things and we would host open mics with different themes yeah. like every other month. And I would both host as well as be a part of like the open mics. Mm-hmm. But like for me, most of my poetry usually just comes from me being in like a bad mood to be very afraid <laughs> and just letting out those like emotions and thoughts that are just like, hey, I'm gonna rummage your brain. And I'm like, nah, get out of here. And I like pour it onto a page. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I'm going to throw a few names out there. I don't know if you will know them, but in Detroit mm-hmm. and in California, they were pretty big into the national U.S. poetry slam teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, um, her name is Natasha Miller. She goes by T. Miller. That sounds very familiar. She's she's really dope. Uh, and then the other is a guy named Rudy Francisco. No, I'm not familiar with Rudy Francisco. Uh, okay, you should look them both up. But they were like hosts and they even won our slams and stuff like that in years oh, previous. Nice. Um, so I definitely, that's one of the things. If somebody like writes a poetry book or like something like that, like I always love supporting and just writing and, and their writing and their journey, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, but T. Miller is just phenomenal. She even did like a Sprite commercial. She's oh. performed at a lot of venues uh, nationally. Um, mm. And Rudy himself, he's got a, a few couple of good books and um, just very brilliant, both of them in, in their own ways. Uh, but yeah, enough about poetry. Let, let's let's <laughs> chat about um, what we're here for. So let, let's hear about you in terms of, you know, where you grew up, um, mm-hmm. how you got to Muslim Sisters of Stanton Island, take us through that journey. 
sure. So, born and raised in Staten Island, still in Staten Island, proudly rep Staten Island, New York. Because <laughs> a lot of times we get pooped on for just being like the garbage borough because everyone used to like dump their garbage here like years ago. Mm. Um, so, like, I grew up, uh, my family's from the Caribbean, my mom's like from Jamaica. So like I grew up in like a Caribbean household. Um, I also grew up in like a multi-religious household because the rest of my family is actually Christian. And then I also have other family members who are like Israelites and different things like that. So I've like learned to be around other faiths as well as like other ways of like living people's lives as well as just the immigrant, <laughs> you know, lifestyle or being a child of an immigrant. So um that was very interesting because I feel like it's not like a stereotypical Muslim quote unquote lifestyle because I had that upbringing and those exposure. Um, I went to Islamic private school up until like fourth grade. That was good, but it also sucked. Um, I was that kid that got like bullied <laughs> Aww, a lot. So, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I got like bullied a lot for many various reasons. Um, so like, was it my favorite thing? Yeah. Um, it wasn't really like the Islam part. It was just like people, you know? Right. And then I went to public school. Hilariously enough, got bullied there too. And I was like, is it me? Like, what's <laughs> going on? It's just part of being a kid. What's happening? Yeah. What did I do? But also to like living post 9-11 era, that's also becomes like an issue. So, you know, that yeah. was most of where a lot of like the bullying came around with being like the only Muslim kid. Mm-hmm. I like wore hijab at like, you know, fourth, fifth grade. And I was cool with it. Like I didn't like really bother me kind of thing. Um, so for me, I was just like, what is y'all's problem with me? Mm. I'm just doing my schoolwork, um, you know, picked on because I'm the nerdy kid, like just a plethora of just natural, like teen drama picking on type of scenarios. Um, but I, hilariously enough, segueing back to poetry and kind of segue back into like where I, I'm in my career that I'm in now and the things that I do for Missy, um, my teacher had talked to us about like a poetry contest and stuff like that. I was like, I've never really written poetry. Like what's poetry? And this is like fifth grade me. And then she's like telling me about it. And she's teaching the class to do different forms of poetry and like the acronym ties where you like each word is like uh, each letter is like a word or whatever. And I wrote a poem because um, they're like, oh, you can enter this contest. You can get into like this book. And I was like, oh, sure. Like I wrote the poem thinking nothing of it because I don't win contests like every sweepstake I put in from like the TV shows never got it right so I'm not thinking anything of it and um I showed my mom the poem she's like are you sure you wrote this I was like yes I did what do you mean judge like judging me and everything like that (laughs) um but yeah so long story short I wrote the poem then it got into the um the young Americans uh anthology for poetry oh wow yeah, so I still have the book somewhere in my, my bookcase, but like, I was like, mom, I got into a book and I was super happy fifth grade me and that kind of just led me to be a little bit more creative. I had taken an art class in um, like elementary school and I just got more and more involved with like art and expressing myself through, big, through that way because I felt like the most natural way for me to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fast forward to like college, um, I wanted to do psychology because I felt like it was a really needed and an important profession. I, at the time, had, like, went to therapy, so for me it wasn't, like, such an odd thing. Plus, I felt like a lot of people within the Muslim community during, like, 2013 era um, and before that were very, like, resistant to the concept of therapy or needing therapy or that you can 
go to therapy and still be Muslim and still be religious and still believe in Allah, but I'll still be like, hey, let me tie my camel, right? Um, so right. eventually the way I found my way to Missy and doing art stuff was because my mom started the nonprofit about seven years ago. So um, as any child does, when parent asks for help, child do, right? So <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of um, where I kind of wound up helping my mom with like helping her start her nonprofit. I handled all of like the website designing stuff. I handled all of like the flyer making stuff because I was doing that for a current job I had at the time as awesome. a program assistant, because the program assistant is such a blanket term that basically meant I could do everything for all the departments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have like a specific job title. Um, so the more and more I started doing creative things and expressing myself, I really felt like this is kind of like the place that I belong, but I didn't know if I could like couple that together with therapy mm -hmm. and with psychology, because mm -hmm. in my mind, it didn't exist. Like sure. art therapy wasn't a thing that's been around for like, 50 plus years. Right. So uh, one day during one of my internship class, literally the last semester of college. So had no clue what I was doing <laughs> with my undergrad degree. Didn't yes. know where I was going. Literally the last semester, my professor shows us like the APA website, the American uh, Psychology Association website, and like shows us that there's like 64 divisions. I was very confused. Like we have 64 divisions of psychology. Why do we have so many? Like, what's going on? And as she's scrolling, I see where it says creative art therapy. And I was like, can, you, can you scroll back up, please? Like, <laughs> do I look too fast for me, right? And then she scrolls back up, and I also see, like, international psychology, which is also something I'm very fond of because I really think it's important to learn other people's languages and cultures because mm -hmm. I think that's the best way we can connect with one another instead of assuming that people should learn ours without giving the same thing nice. back. Yeah. Um, so I literally went the next day onto computer, searched up APA, went onto the thing, learned a whole bunch about it. And I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. Like, I want to do art. I want to do therapy. I want to combine together. And at that time, I wasn't even officially the arts and culture director. I was just the person in charge of media. I didn't have an official title at the time because it was a little bit difficult for me with my undergrad and like me attempting to be like a college student and learn about things and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, within that same year, which I think it was 2018, I started applying to like all the colleges that said art therapy. I was like, I'm applying to you and you and you and you and just like down the list because like, this is what I want to do. Went to open houses, asked questions about it, asked like what I can do with it to really make sure that if I'm paying all this money and going into debt right. yeah. for my master's, mm -hmm. it's going to be in something I actually want to do for at least most of the whatever life I'm potentially going to live, right? Totally. Um, so at that same time, I decided to become the arts and culture director because I also saw the fact that there was also a need for people to express themselves within their community that wasn't really being met. And that a lot of times art programs were kind of seen as being for like the hoity-toity, uh, I have money in the bank people, <laughs> as opposed to like people that shop at Dollar Tree. So right. um, <laughs> So I started like implementing like art shows and different things like that into the community to try to one uplift local artists, but as well let people know that you can create art too without breaking your pocket. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is really great. And, and I was chuckling during you saying you found out about art therapy in your last semester, because that's almost kind of how I stumbled into fundraising and nonprofit management. Like mm -hmm. growing up, I knew 
mosques and like nonprofit organizations existed. And I was always volunteering this, that, the other, but I didn't really see that as like a career choice until I had an internship at the university of Michigan and it was the development summer internship program. And it was a friend and mentor that said, Hey, you'd be good for this internship. Uh, and it, luckily, it was a paid internship. It was mm-hmm. 32 hours in the work and eight hours in the class. And it was a summer long. And that turned into an extended internship uh, mm-hmm. through my last semester. And then did that and started working in nonprofit fundraising right out of college. And back at that time in 2009, especially in the Muslim community, it was few and far between Yeah, that were dedicating staff to fundraising. Uh, and Alhamdulillah, through that journey, um, been able to help a lot of organizations, make a lot of donors, um, meet a lot of donors and help them with their goals in charitable giving and through their mm-hmm. zakat and sadaqah. Um, so, you know, I've been blessed to work at places like American Red Cross Mm-hmm. Um, outside of the community and then bring that skill set back to the community through American Muslim Community Foundation. Um, and Alhamdulillah now as a chief development officer at a nonprofit called the Maven Project. So, you know, I think just because you didn't get that internship yet at that uh, prison and, and helping mm-hmm. people through the art program, I'm sure it'll come through sometime for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, inshallah, we'll see. you know, well, <laughs> You know, and and I think within the realm of mental health and therapy, um, hopefully there are more Muslims getting into art therapy as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's great organizations focused on mental health for the Muslim community. And there are a lot Mm -hmm. of awesome practitioners like Dr. Rania Awad, who was the second guest of ours on this show. Mm. Um, she's phenomenal in her own right, doing a lot of research at Stanford's Muslim Mental Health Lab. Um, nice. So there's so many pioneers in the space, and I'm sure you've heard of like the Black Muslim Psychology Conference and yeah. other organizations that are dedicated to this space. So you know, mm-hmm. we need we need people like you going going in that route. So more power <laughs> to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. Like, interestingly enough, having that conversation, what if, what I did for research, um, sorry, my eye is itching and I have no clue why. Like the <laughs> most awkwardest times in the world. It was fine. No worries. Until now. <laughs> Take your time. Come on now. Um, anyway, yeah, no. So um, my second to last semester of my doing my master's program, like we either do thesis or research. And my brain was just like, because my last year was during like, covid i mean we're still in covid but like the height of it so i was like i'm not doing a thesis like that's just a lot so i was like i'll do like the basics of research and maybe if i want to like you know do like an r you know an irb proposal interview uh internal review board proposal like i'll do it and i did my research on black muslims and poetry right and the effects of that poetry and utilizing the choices of word can have on like the black Muslim population. There's no wow. real research on the Muslim population period really like that, but let alone hmm. like on the black Muslim population. Um, and in my mind, because poetry and, and words within the, within Muslim, within history, within Muslims, Islam and stuff like that has been used so much 
right? I thought this would be an easier way of getting people to to be involved with some form of therapy as opposed to being like, oh, well, I'm not an artist. All I can draw is a stick figure. I can't do that, right? I get that a lot. So I was like, with poetry, at least, we can all write, right? For most part, we can all make words. We can all put things together. And so I had did two different ways of having it. One was I asked them a series of questions. They wrote down answers inside of bubbles. And I asked them to create a poem based off of the words that they wrote from their answers, right? And then another one was block poetry, where there was a poems that I got from an assortment of different poets. And I asked them to pick which one they felt like resonated with them and to block out all the words they felt like did not relate to them. And so I had them read the poem pre-blocking and then post-blocking and asked them how it made them feel and like what was the process like. And a lot of the responses that I got from the block poetry was that one, it was easier to use someone else's words to represent themselves as opposed to creating it on their own on top of the fact that they didn't realize that words that they didn't write could relate to them so well Mm. and allow them to express themselves though they didn't write it themselves, right? Same thing with like writing down like the questions. So I would ask them like, what, if you could be an animal, what would you be? Like, you know, do you feel like you're a charitable person? Or like, if you could, what's your favorite smell? Or like just different things about them as a person. And a lot of them were like, I didn't realize I could be this creative in regards to stuff that has to do with myself. Or I didn't, this memory wouldn't have picked up in my head had I not been writing this, this kind of thing. So it's just like a difference of, creating something on your own, which is semi-structured because there's a structure given to you, but you do the rest as opposed to something that's a little bit more structured, which you're just taking away. And it was really interesting seeing how people express themselves through written work a lot easier, at least from what I saw from the small pool of people that I had, because I had about 10 people in my pool, as opposed to if I told them, okay, well, draw how you feel, or, you know, what color is your current emotion, or you know, if you could represent yourself as a symbol, what would that symbol look like? Most people would be like, uh, I don't know. Right. So I kind of tried to go with like more of a written approach with this, with this specifically this population, because writing and, and like is a form of thinking like of education and mm-hmm. literature and different things like that. We're very big on that in the Muslim community. So I thought that'd be a little bit easier for people to process and digest. Definitely. And, and as soon as you said poetry and black Muslims, two people came to mind. Um, well, I mean, I can think of a few because there's so <laughs> many brilliant Muslim poets. Uh, but part of the Amnesty International Poetry Slam for Human Rights, one of the first hosts was uh, Nasheed Suleiman, who is from Michigan. Um, he's known by his rapping name, One Below, Binary Star. Mm-hmm. So he's like an underground rapper. He actually lives in Egypt, uh, but maybe he's back in Michigan now. And then the second, which I hope you know of, uh, same last name, but Amir Suleiman. Mm. Um, he is like amazing. And both of them, yeah. perf- both of them hosted and performed at my shows back in college. So like, I've been following them a oh, long wow, time. So cool. um, and yeah, and then um, Tar Ture, mm. I'm sure you've heard of as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, just phenomenal poets in, in their own right and people that I admire and respect. And now I get to add you to that list. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, so let, let's talk a little bit more about Missy. And I love that you guys call it Missy. 
So Muslim <laughs> Sisters of Staten Island. Um, yep. Why did your mom found it? Um, so for her, her reasoning was, and even we've always talked about this, and like so, I sometimes I ask him like, so really, is that the reason why? But um, no, so really for her, she was really trying to start like a sisters halakha because there wasn't like a sisters group that was founded within the Muslim community here in Staten Island. It's very much so like you belong to this mosque, so you hang out with these people kind of situation. It isn't kind of like you can just meet other sisters and outside of the mosque and like do things together. It's kind of everything's like mosque centered. So for her, she's just like, I just want to like have a sister's thing and like a sister's halakha. And she's like, a lot, she was hearing like the complaints of like the different sisters in the community that would come to the halakhas that she would have. And she was just like, yeah, no, we got to do something about this. Like, because, you know, unfortunately, the masjids weren't doing a lot of things that they needed at the time with like either programs for children or for women or reverts and different things like that. So, you know, alhamdulillah, she was able to start, uh, you know, Missy, you know, Muslim Sisters of Staten Island um, in 2014 and kind of start different programs for like health and wellness, for women empowerment. You know, that year later, we had our, our Muslima ball, which is like our prom. Um, so... <laughs> For both awesome. times, you know, so people yeah. don't necessarily go to prom or can't afford mm -hmm. prom, depending on like, you know, if they go to assignment school or not. Right. So we started doing that and eventually developing it as a woman empowerment event where it isn't just for us to go have fun and dress nice and which it is. But it also should be like a moment in time where we resonate with one another, congratulate one another. So we started like having it like, oh, if you're graduating this year, like, you know, there's a present and, you know, if you want to shout out somebody and different things like that. We had one year where we talked about the women in Islam and like the power of those different women in Islam. Um, we also had another year really where we cool. themed it like, uh, thanks, like uniquely you, I named that one, uh, <laughs> you know, just trying to uplift, um, women and young girls and the and their identities as individuals, right? That they don't have to necessarily fit into a particular mold to be, you know, considered like a woman or to be considered a Muslim woman or to be considered doing things a certain way. Like you are you and if you're weird and quirky, that's cool, right? <laughs> Cause that's me. So <laughs> I'm really advocating for myself, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like we did those different things. We had like sister swim programs where we mm -hmm. had like a sister come in and teach people how to swim and how to do like, um, what do you call it? Like aquatics, like the aquatic aerobic thing. I'm probably mm -hmm. saying it very wrong, but the viewers know what I'm saying. Um, you know, so we had that and then I, you know, came in with like our arts program and like stuff with poetry and painting and, uh, art galleries and stuff like that. Um, and then we recently started actually in the last two years ish, I want to say with COVID, my brain is like, did that really happen? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everything's a blur. Yeah. Time is seriously warped. It's really crazy. But <laughs> most of this year is basically done. Um, it's wild. We have what's called a, it's taboo. Let's talk. And it's something that myself and my mom created because I, I'm very vocal. Um, so I'm the type of person that will be like, yeah, no, we need to talk about this. I don't know why no one's talking about this. That's wild. Right. Like I'm that person. And my mom was like, you know, what if we brought that to like the community, all the conversations that me and her have that are like quote unquote, like taboo topics, mm. so, like mental health, right. Talking about substance use, gender-based violence, um, the concept of like intimacy and what that means. We had talked about, mm -hmm. um, diabetes and, um, we talked about, uh, what do you call it? Um, we had recently something for Asian and Black solidarity. Um, we 
talked about like a plethora of like different things, even like uh, PCOS, like polycystic ovary syndrome. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is that concept of it? Like how many people actually know what, what that is? We talked about like period poverty and like different stuff like that. Like even saying the word period and not meaning the actual dot, you know, at times in certain parts of the Muslim community could be like, oh, bless from her. You know, why are yeah. you talking about that? Like, that's a sensitive topic. And I was like, somebody just stopped listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah. They were like, they immediately pressed the escape. Yeah. Like, I'm out. Boom. You know? So, like, those are the kind of things that, like, we talk about and that I help, like, spearhead because it's important for the community to discuss it, right? If we don't talk about things that Definitely. affect our community and we ignore it, yeah. all it's going to do is fester and become more of an illness within the community. And then we're left confused and wondering why it's still happening. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. uh, brilliant. And just even hearing more about Missy from you directly, like, you know, I, I learned about it last year. Um, we got, you know, part of my job at AMCF is just to know about a lot of different organizations. So mm -hmm. we have a nonprofit directory on our website and there was a family who worked with AMCF that was like, you know, we want to help nonprofit organizations set up endowments. And there's a big culture of uh, waqfs or alqaf, which in Arabic means endowment pretty much in yeah. the Muslim community and throughout our history. So this particular family wanted to select three nonprofits to help them set up endowments. And uh, we're so grateful that Muslim Sisters of Staten Island was one of them that applied. Mm -hmm. And I'm thoroughly honored that we ended up selecting Missy along with the Son of Trust Foundation and Heart Women and Girls um, mm -hmm. last year in 2020. And right now we have that same grant uh, open so other nonprofit organizations can apply to receive $5,000 towards their endowment if they don't have one already. So, um, you know, we're always looking for new, new and unique programs. And I think Missy is exactly that. Um, and I'm so grateful um, that you and your mom and everybody else on the team there have been doing what you guys have been doing. Um, to help out so many people in your local community um, gain a sense of community outside of their mosque. Uh, because, you know, it, it's funny when you were talking about that, I was just like, as, as much of a upbringing I had in my local community, it wasn't limited to my mosque. I could equally mm -hmm. go to the mosque down the road and still kick it with the youth group there. And that mm -hmm. was very encouraged, but it's not the norm. Um, so yeah. I definitely uh, can see the value in this sort of networking type of entity within the community in Stanton Island. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, what, what's something that um, maybe we haven't talked about yet that you wanted to bring mm -hmm. up or like what other parts of Missy are there that uh, you wanted to share? Sure. Um, so this has to do with Missy and me, it's a combo. Um, so, and, and oftentimes when people ask me to like talk about myself, I forget this all the time. Like it's hilarious actually. So, um, about three years ago, we put together some called something called geek out at Staten Island. So I'm a giant nerd. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think we caught on to that yet. You, you haven't <laughs> mentioned that about yourself. 
um so to emphasize more of my nerdiness um so like i am into like comic books anime video games like i go to like comic-con type conventions i cosplay the whole nine um that's me mario and so like we i had a conversation because i'm the youngest person that's actually on the team for missy everybody else is like much older than me has kids or like married or something and then there's just like me singles a pringle young person and so (laughs) um i brought this to their attention and we talked about it like what what is it to be a geek what does that mean are we bringing like fitna by bringing in certain entities like because this is open to the public it isn't just for muslims like a lot of things we do are open to non-muslims as well nice and so why you know when i talked to him about and the premise of it is like you know a lot of times people have to travel to other places for conventions same thing too muslims may not feel comfortable going to other conventions because there's so many people there's nowhere for them to pray you know there isn't like different types of conversations that have muslims involved and understanding that muslims can also be nerds so we put together like panels like muslims and nerddom and we put together you know blurred panels we put together um disabilities and cosplay panels like different things that affect the community and community mm-hmm. members but also integrating it into geek culture so just really quickly when you say yeah. blurred i want the listeners to understand oh, that yeah, that sorry. means black blurred nerds black nerd yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you i'm using the lingo without giving definitions um i'll be like merriam webster Urban Dictionary. No, I'm kidding. Uh, But yeah, so um, we started that like three years ago because we did see the need for one to give another creative space for people because putting together props and putting together cosplay and like designing different things or designing your own original character, that's all a form of creativity. And again, couples again with why I went to art, did art therapy and finding different avenues of how to express it, but also talking about like geekdom and mental health and what has these different anime, comic books, sci-fi series have done for people's mental health overall, giving them a sense of belonging, encouraging them to, you know, the power of friendship, right? The power of thinking of others, the power of like forgiveness, letting things go, but also knowing when to stand up for yourself. So like having those different conversations still within the context of being a geek and being a nerd. And then at times we just do silly stuff. Like this year we plan on having a human hamster ball. So, you know, we, <laughs> really cool. you know, so like we have like laser tag and like different things like that. We'll have geek trivia. We'll have mm-hmm. cosplay contests to like, so people can show off all of their hard work of trying to make their props and their cosplay and, you know, their, their different outfits and stuff like that. So that's something that I had started um, on my own, but I was helped with the organization to kind of make it happen. And this will be our third year. We actually had it initially as an indoor outdoor convention. Last year, because of COVID, we had it completely outdoors. We used like basically a two acre space. Um, Alhamdulillah, we were able to get, uh, have that um, by the people that we usually rent out from because they're like, we can't have you indoors, but maybe you can use this, which Alhamdulillah worked great. We're going to use it again this year. So for me, that's my baby because uh, <laughs> I helped put it together. But I also feel like it's also a really important part of Missy as well because it shows that a different... Uh, I guess, perspective of Muslims, right? That we're not just one way. We're not just like, we're not just having, you know, Quran classes all the time. We're not trying to only have hafiz and hafizas. Like, you know, we also do regular people, quote unquote stuff. And I think that a lot of times people forget, uh, forget that about Muslims. They just have kind of like a linear viewpoint of our, and even sometimes we have a linear viewpoint of how we're supposed to be and having things like, having things like it's taboo let's talk having stuff like 
Igata Sanon or Gosikan, you know, having different art stuff, having different things like that helps people realize that we are multifaceted human beings like any other multifaceted human being who just happen to be Muslim or choose to be Muslim. Yeah, no, that, that's brilliant. And w one of the people that I um, learned a lot from, especially moving out to California, is Mustafa Davis. Um, he's a very artistic person into mm -hmm. photography and videography. Um, and he would always talk about not necessarily letting, like, he's not a Muslim photographer. He's just a photographer that's Muslim. Mm -hmm. Right. So like mm -hmm. creating that lens and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think what you're doing is really fantastic. Um, you know, it's crossing boundaries, engaging the public and, and hopefully uh, introducing more people mm -hmm. to Islam in a way that they would have never thought of. Um, yep. And yeah, that that's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. A lot of times people get. One, I forget this a lot of times because in my mind, I didn't create the, like, the convention for like money and like different things like that. I created it because I saw a need in the community. And I also, like, I, I wanted to geek out a little. So, <laughs> so I didn't really think of it that way. But there are many times, even last year, no one knew for most part that came to the convention that I was running it or that Missy mm -hmm. was running it because mm -hmm. the convention has its own logo and it says yeah. powered by Missy at the bottom. Nice. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of times people don't know that Muslims are running it or that yeah. a Muslim organization is running it or, or anything like that. So when it was time to do like the announcements and like everyone's like wondering and like, oh, like, when's it going to start? And I like, get on stage and, you know, I could hear them whispering like, oh, like, when's the person who's running the con going to come up there and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, everyone, welcome to GhostyCon. Thank you so much for coming. I'm the con creator, blah, blah, blah. And like seeing the faces drop was just hilarious because <laughs> you know because it's just like oh you're running it and mind you i'm in my cosplay outfit i don't have anything that says staff like i'm just amongst the crowd so no one really knew that i was running anything or was in charge of anything so when they saw me on stage they're like i was just talking to her like like five minutes ago like she runs the convention i'm like hey how's it going <laughs> you know and i and i personally like being like that, I like being personable. I don't like having kind of like a a hierarchical type of situation where it's like, yeah, I run the convention and I'm so important and they need to, you know, I'd rather be on the same level as like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that speaks to your leadership style, um, and I think that is really fortunate for Missy and really fortunate for the community that you're in um, because mm -hmm. you know, inshallah, you have a lifelong full of community work ahead of you. Um, just pace yourself, don't get burned out. It, many, oh, yeah. <laughs> many amazing things to come, it seems like, uh, and a lot of potential. Um, so yeah, I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to share that we didn't get into? Um, let me think, because like, if you, you asked me like 10 minutes ago and I was like, nah. Um, <laughs> No, I think I've kind of like covered like the major parts of like Missy and like how Missy's run because everybody that's pretty much a part of the board or that helped run Harns Missy are all either black Muslim or Latina Muslims. Um, we have a couple of people who are Arab and Daisy that are on board because we do want to make sure that 
our board and the people that work for the organization also represents the community as well. We also have some people who are also not Muslim that are part of uh, Missy as well, um, because we serve everyone. We don't just serve the Muslim community. We serve That's everybody great. in the community. So when we have feeding your neighbor, which is like during Ramadan and we'll ha- go out and like feed people and everyone's going to be like, oh, well, aren't you guys eating? We're like, oh, you know, waiting for the sunset. Never going to eat. They're like, how are you able to do that? You know? I was like, <laughs> I was, and I, I am very honest with people. I was like, it takes a couple of days. Right. It's not like day one and I'm fine. Like I'm struggling. Like the first couple of days, I never, I never try totally. to chat with nobody about yeah. that. But you know, we do those things. We do, like I said, the Muslim wall. We've had like bowling fundraisers that we've done with um, Asia's Women's Center. So like that's a, a women's uh, Muslim women's shelter that's in Brooklyn. Right on. We've also done stuff with like organizations called Beit Jama House of Community. So they're also another uh, great organization that we work with. So they do like feed ups. They have like security trainings and different things like that. Um, and yeah, like we do a lot of stuff that I'm probably missing. I'm probably forgetting right now, but like that's what's popping up into my dome right now. Oh, well, sorry. My mother is on the side of me. Uh, <laughs> she's whispering things over. So that's why you see my eyes diverting. That's for the people on who's looking on the screen to know. It's because my mom's like, don't forget about this. And whisper, 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 and I'm like, I can't hear you. But, oh, right. <laughs> but um, well, what is so, Sister Sophia talking about? Um, well, Sister Sophia, because uh, I do call her that when we do Missy stuff, because I kind of like step- <laughs> in that case, I'll do a separation of like being my mom and being like the ED, um, the executive director. But so she was talking about our sports program. I didn't forget about the sports program, but I did. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we do have a sports program um, that we've been having like frequently, either it's basketball or it's baseball. We actually had to think volleyball at one point in time. Um, So we have like, we try our best to be like versatile with the things that we're providing. It's not, we're just providing feed ups. We're not just providing art stuff. We're not just providing women empowerment things. We try to incorporate a whole bunch of things all in one. Like we've worked with like the mayor's art fist for um, ending gender-based violence for a lot of our It's Taboo, Let's Talk stuff. Um, we try to help people become like different ab- uh, ambassadors and advocates for stuff. We've worked with um, Staten Island Women Who March. So we've done a lot of marches with them. Uh, we did a women's march with them back, actually it's gonna be a year um, in October for uh, Breonna Taylor, you know, Tatia Johnson, like all different women who have died at the hands of police brutality. Um, wait, what? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm it's sorry all good. No worries. Here, so. No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What? Okay, thank you. I'm so used to an acronym. So when she said the whole name, I didn't know what she was talking about. So we've worked with the Asian American Federation as well to do a lot of stuff targeted to mm-hmm. like East Asian, South Asian, Southeast Asian. That's also like an untapped population within Staten Island as well. So they help in a lot of our virtual programming. Um, and yeah, so, and I would say, like I had said before, we also recently just did, um, it's taboo. Let's talk, talking about black and Asian solidarity and talking about the history of it and that it isn't just a 2021 thing that it's been a thing since like Frederick Douglass. Right. So having different conversations like that, we actually plan on having inshallah part two 
most likely in September, if not in October, because it, it's a lengthy conversation that can't really be encapsulated within two hours on like one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really phenomenal. And kudos to. I'm so sorry. What? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm so, so sorry. No, no need to My apologize. My mom is momming right now. Um, <laughs> what were well, you saying? <laughs> I was saying, um, you know, so, so happy for you and your mom and everybody involved at Missy to uh, be doing all of this. And I'm sure people can find more information on your website, muslimsistersofsi.com. You can also find them on social media, Muslim Sisters of SI. Um, If you're in Staten Island, in New York City, around, I'm sure you can visit some of their events. If you're national, you can probably follow them online, give them a like, and try to volunteer virtually. Uh, And of course, support their work. Um, That's what this is about. We want to be promoting great nonprofit organizations um, and let more people know about our nonprofit directory, our social impact accelerator, which is an awesome webinar series that helps nonprofits with their capacity building and leadership development. Uh, we have our Muslim philanthropy awards and uh, annual symposium coming up in November. So a lot of good stuff and ways for AMCF to partner with your nonprofit and other nonprofit organizations. You can check it all out at a muslimcf.org. Naja. Thank you so much for nerding out with me and being yourself. <laughs> no probably thank you for letting me nerd. <laughs> of course. So yeah, that that's it. We'll uh, take it there and stay in touch. All right. Thank you. Sorry, All right. Awesome. <laughs>